Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we head into Game 3 of the Cup Final, we discussed today how VGK has become a more physical team in the playoffs. Their physicality could lead the Golden Knights to their first ever Stanley Cup championship. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas each and every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate that. Your team every day. Find us on YouTube at Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe there. And also, you could find us on Twitter, LockdownVGK, at TDChrisG, at Tony Dasco. So, Chris, uh, just, you know, we're starting to dissect some of the reasons why VGK is just a couple of wins away from their first ever Stanley Cup title. And a couple of reasons why VGK might have crumbled before in the past in the playoffs. Uh, we talked coming into the playoffs period about these scoring droughts, about the lack of scoring at times, and what has happened in the past, especially under Pete DeBoer. Another telltale sign is just that this team lacked a physical nature, and they are currently playing a lot better, tougher, stronger. And I know at the midway point of this season even, I was very critical of the Vegas Golden Knights and their lack of physicality. Uh, They just are not a team that was playing physical. I still felt from the past that they were more of a team of finesse. And especially under Pete DeBoer, uh, they were not a really tough, hard-nosed team. But Bruce Cassidy's style has forced this team to check hard. He's uh, forced them to also finish checks, which I think, you know, they were lacking in the past. The forecheck, we talk about that. And then just their overall sense of physicality, Now, last year, I know when you and I wrapped up this season, about 80 to 85% of the time in games, they were out hit. And it's not about them getting out out hit as much this season and late in the season, but at times they're matching the intensity of their opponents and they're playing hard-nosed hockey. So how does Bruce Cassidy instill this physical nature in the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't know if he is. I honestly don't know if this is Bruce Cassidy or if this is the product of a veteran team with many former captains. Again, this is something I talked to um, McCrimmon about when I was doing media day. Uh, my question was something along the lines of you, your team, you, you and George, this is target a specific type of player, former captains, former Stanley Cup winners, leadership, and certain character pedigrees and things like that. And then I led that into a question about Jack Eichel, but you know, he didn't answer as much about Eichel as he did. It's the certain type of people. They, they're going looking for good hockey people, people that can contribute and do a lot of things. So long story longer is the fact that Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, Jonathan Quick, um, you know, just starting back there, Ivan Barbashev, and we can keep going on and on with players that have had these deep runs. They know the sacrifice. They know the pain. They know what it takes to win at this level. 
Florida Panthers don't have that same pedigree. And I think that's a big thing. So simplest way to answer your question, I think Bruce Cassidy's effect on this is very small. I think this is more of a credit to Kelly McCrimmon for having the bright players in place that know what to do as the uh, playoff lights shine brighter. Well, and I have to disagree, of course, like usual. And I believe that Cassidy has instilled a certain type of toughness. I even remember going back this season and earlier this season where I said, these are not players that fit within Bruce Cassidy's system. I'm going to agree with saying you. that. I'm going to yeah. agree with your point, but keep going. I will agree with your point in a second. Keep going. Yeah. And so I felt as though he needed heavier players, guys that were sturdier, harder hitters, just guys that were tough in the corner. Of course, they did pull out Barbashev, and that deal was, I think, the best find in a while for VGK. And just as far as that one piece, well, at least from the time that they got Jack Eichel until the time they got Barbashev, I think those were the two key cogs there that really seemed to fit in together. No one was meshing uh, in the past with Eichel. But I just felt that they had a team that really uh, lacked this physicality that's why I didn't think they could go very – they weren't built for a playoff run at that time. And so I think when we hear Cassidy say, you need to play harder on the puck, that's coaching. When we hear Cassidy say, you need to win the puck battles, that's Cassidy. Well, how are you going to win those battles? By playing physical and then good positioning. He always talks about the positioning of the players as well. So, Barbashev, this is something we talked about right down the line after the trade deadline, is now Cassidy is starting to get some of his guys. You know that Cassidy has some level of influence in what happens with this team. There has to be that cohesiveness, that's, that synergy, that harmony between GM and coach. It's McCrimmon's choice at the end of the day, and McCrimmon made sure to make that point known to all of us on uh, when uh, the hiring of Cassidy was announced, when McCrimmon himself sat right next to Cassidy in the presser, which I thought was odd. But fine, whatever. He wanted a little power trip, and fine, he's a GM. He he has the right to do that. Um, but as the season progresses, you know, Cassidy watched Barbashev lift the Stanley Cup on his ice after having a lead in the Stanley Cup finals. They scouted him a ton. I mean, for whatever reason, Cass or McCrimmon loves telling us how many times they scouted Barbashev before they actually went after him. And, you know, Teddy Bluger not getting a lot of time, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. I mean, there's better players right now, but he is also a Cassidy guy in the sense that another hard-nosed defensive specialist. So at that time, Tony, that's when we felt that the identity of this team was established. How many times did we talk about during the during the season what is the identity of this team? And the head scratcher for a while. I honestly yeah, didn't know. Crickets. They were doing well. Right. They were but doing they had really no well. Identity. But we didn't. Even, yeah. even uh, well, again, the time that they became a team that really started to play cohesive hockey was after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break when they yeah. all came back and they took a little breather. Yep. And then they came back and kind of things started to get in sync for uh, the VGK. You know, uh, one of our good fans and friends, I can't remember who on the Twitter feed had a really good question for us. Um, he was asking, someone asked about the game, the series against Edmonton. Did that prepare VGK for this physical series against Florida? And I would have to say yes. And especially because they had the Edmonton series. And then I thought they had a little bit of a breather where it wasn't as physical 
um, against Dallas. Hardly at all, right? Thanks, thanks Pete DeBoring. <laughs> yeah, Pete DeBoring definitely helping out the VGK. Uh, they're going to put his name on the cup. Why not? Uh, for just lightening up. Uh, but, yeah, I'd have to believe. I agree. I'm in agreement that the Edmonton series prepared VGK uh, for all the shenanigans and the rough stuff against the Florida Panthers in the final. I'll start by saying the Winnipeg series didn't hurt that either. Winnipeg definitely was a physical brand of hockey. Not as mean as the Edmonton series, but definitely more physicality than the Dallas series. And I was actually, um, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me, uh, just gave my dad a little bit today oh, as, as we watched my son Chris have a practice. He actually pointed out that when you say some things, I give you an eye roll, Tony, when I disagree with you. So that was kind of funny. And I'm trying to remember what the point was. That we he were said making. That you give me an eye roll. He it's definitely awesome. said, and oh, I agreed with him 100%. I think it's great. No, no, I think it's awesome. Um, but, you don't, I, but we don't hold anything back. If you agree, no. fine. If you don't have to agree with everything, we don't agree. We agree no. to disagree yes. on this show. And that's Absolutely. fun. If we agreed all the time, I would have quit four months yeah, it ago. It wouldn't, wouldn't be fun. It no. would not be fun. Um, but back to the Edmonton series, you know, the point I made when I was talking to my dad is, you know, in Edmonton, they, you know, Petrangelo, the slash, um, all, all the behind the play stuff. They were they were cashing those receipts right away, versus like Cassidy said, and you know we talked about this on the last show. Gotta take a punch. You gotta take a punch. This is the time of year where you just gotta take a punch. And you know, in the regular season, you can you can cash those checks, cash those receipts, and all that. But for now, you just gotta take it. And Vegas largely did not do a good job of that in that series. They did take some penalties. Um, Stone, you know, was slashing people left and right, you know, because he was getting abused out there. And I get it. It's tough. And, you know, that's really when it became known that they were targeting him big time in the playoffs. And, you know, so now Vegas is they're picking their spots in the games against Florida. Listen, when Jack Eichel got hit cleanly, but again, when when you when your star player goes down, you attack. Simple, you attack, and there's no one that's going to say any differently than that. Kachuk uh, deserved to get jumped in that spot, as anyone on Vegas would if they hit Kachuk in the same fashion. That's just how this is going to go. But you don't see Vegas responding after the whistle, like Riley Smith. He scores the empty netter game one. Gudis just friggin' you know in true butcher style chopped at his legs, and Smith just looked at him and skated away. Uh, game one, there was a video of uh, Kachuk, one of the first times he was anywhere near Mark Stone, cross-checks him in the back. Stone didn't even acknowledge his existence. Yeah. And you see players picking their spots, besides Aiden Hill, who just uh, slashed. I didn't even catch this until today Kachuk? on Twitter. Kachuk, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Aiden, oh, Hill, was... Aiden Hill slashed him right in his gut. That was and awesome. But the rep was right there. and uh, he was, The rep was at the point of no return. The moment that Aiden Hill put his hands on Kachuk, the ref's hand should have gone up at that point. So Kachuk, like playing that whole thing back, Kachuk kind of tries to roll over Aiden Hill's leg a little bit. Anyone who disagrees with that, you're not, you're in Florida and you don't want to agree with that. And that's fine. So what? Okay. Aiden Hill pushes him. Okay. Now we're getting at this point. Kachuk pushes him back. Okay. At this point, the ref is absolutely screwed because they've done nothing. So you let them both go and you hope it doesn't turn into a melee. It's fortunate for Vegas that they were on the rush because if anyone else would have seen that happening, there would have been a friggin' uh, a line brawl at that point. I don't think Vegas, I think they scored not too long after that, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, credit Aiden Hill for uh, not taking any crap back there. And, uh, you know, it's now two games of this series where Aiden Hill's out there throwing haymakers and gutting people. He's and gotten away with two big penalties, too. He has. He, he has. Know, and, and fine, take what they give you. 
And for VGK, I think another difference is that they are matching the intensity of their opponents. Now, another thing, and I hate to go back and just keep harping. I got hit on, on this it. on YouTube. I want to talk about this. So keep going about the intensity oh, okay. specifically, but keep going. Yeah, but in the Pete DeBoer era, uh, this was a team that just would show up a lot of times with absolutely no intensity. And that's why they had a really tough go of things, especially late a season ago. And then the defensemen, too, I put in my notes. I think that the defensemen now have stepped up their games to play a little bit more physical. Again, it's about matching intensity for the Vegas Golden Knights. So a real good comment came through, and I, I like this one. This is this is why I, I absolutely love our listeners and friends and everyone that just kind of comes in here. This is good. So uh, Peter Quinn, thank you for this, all right? What do P.K. Subban and Chris Golick have in common? Never a good start. <laughs> both have said VGK. I'm my eyes. <laughs> both have said that VGK couldn't match the opponent's intensity. <laughs> P.K. said it before Game Six versus Dallas. Results, obviously, we know what happens there. That's and then, great. and then uh, Golick said it before Game Two versus Florida. Suffice that both should be ashamed of themselves, especially <laughs> Golick. In order to try to be neutral, you made a fool of yourself. Get on the blank. Wagon, we're not supposed to swear. <laughs> w, we need a WTF. WTF does Vegas got to do to gain some doggone respect? Not only can did they match our intensity, blah blah blah. We're done at that point. So the point is to clarify my <laughs> comments. I was giving Florida credit as the Eastern Conference champion that they were going to come out and have a much better effort. I mean, they've earned all the respect that I gave them coming into Game Two, and I felt that. They might have been a little too much for Vegas to handle out of the gate, but I also felt VGK would settle down as the game progressed and keep their head. And, you know, lo and behold, a settle down happened about, you know, six minutes into the game when Vegas started scoring and the rest is history from there. So thank you very much for that comment. I loved every bit of it. If you agree, if you disagree, folks, especially on YouTube, they get a little testier there and I love every second of it. So thank you guys for that. And uh, yeah, so that's my intensity speech right there. That said, game three. Florida's toast, I think. I don't know. Florida, they're going to be friggin' bonkers in front of their home crowd. You think they were uh, playing unhinged in games one and two? Just wait for game three. If Vegas can keep an ounce of poise, yeah. Coming up next are the Florida Panthers pretenders. As Keegan Colasar said during his chirps in game number one. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Recently, myself and Chris received a care package from our good friends at Bird Dogs. We really like the way those shorts fit. They're awesome. And actually, they are really comfortable. Uh, Chris even wears them to viewing parties. I do. Goes off his legs, he said. I do. And the Bird Dog shorts and pants are versatile. You can wear one pair of shorts or pants at the golf course, at a meeting, or what have you, hanging out with friends or at a viewing party. Bert Kreischer wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs. He goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills burgers, chills with his family. And he does this all wearing the shorts that he associates with uh, summer, which are bird dogs. And Dave Portnoy, he does his pizza reviews wearing bird dogs. He talks about how he hates the pizza, but how great he actually feels. So today we invite you to go to birddogs.com slash NHL. And when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNHL, they will throw in a free, I still have one here, Yeti-style cooler, the tumbler, with every order. Again, that is birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONNHL. 
Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We appreciate you making us your first listen each and every day. Please subscribe on our YouTube channel. And uh, we appreciate, as always, all of your terrific comments, like the one that Chris read earlier. That was really good. That was good. I love it. <laughs> so during game one of the Stanley Cup final, Chris, this is awesome. uh, VGK's Keegan Colasar was chirping out uh, that <laughs> none of them wanted their pretenders. None of them really wanted. Um, now, was this in reference to the fact that they didn't want any of these fights to happen? Was this, again, a chirp in general that this team was playing over their heads, perhaps, and that they're pretenders? Uh, seriously, what in the name of Chrissy Hind, the pretenders, uh, was Keegan Colasar talking about? I mean, it seems like the uh, Florida Panthers, they're just waiting on a war, but they have themselves on a very long road to ruin as they're watching the Golden Knights just uh, break out. And, uh, you know, just nothing but shame, shame for uh, what the Florida Panthers have done. That was four Foo Fighters songs in there, by the way. I got four it. I got Foo it. Fighters yeah, songs. Pretender songs, great. Okay. That's five, too, by the way. That wasn't yeah. one of them. So point being is Florida, again, they're the Eastern Conference champs. We are not going to disrespect them for that. And it's all it sounds weird, but the Vegas Golden Knights are a much different team than the Florida Panthers have faced. We're not going to say anything negative about Boston's regular season. Boston didn't have any meaningful games for a long time. That might be why they lost that series and couldn't, you know, put the nail in the coffin. Um Toronto doesn't count their layups, you know, that once they make it out of the second round or first round a couple more times, we'll talk about Toronto, but that's a layup. Outside of Toronto, Carolina, that was a good series. It was, you know, it was close. Um, even though it was a sweep, it was all one goal games, three overtime games. Could have gone either way. So the point being is those were all really good teams I just mentioned there, besides Toronto. But the Golden Knights, they have something that those other teams just seem to lack. And I think it's the poise and not letting the Florida Panthers shake the Golden Knights off their game. So the pretender comment, which I am buying into, is simply because Florida cannot make the necessary adjustments. Um, I think Paul Maurice has his team dialed in um, to a certain brand of hockey that works. But now that things are not going their way, what can they change? What can they do? And we'll talk to me a little more, more about adjustments later on. But the main thing is they're going to be pretenders if uh, this winds up being a 4-0 or a 4-1 to type of series here. Unless Florida can really figure something out, it all starts with the coach. And honestly, if you go through uh, Paul Maurice's uh, hockey DB going back to, I think, oh, or not 90, when he was coaching the, the friggin' Whalers, yeah. what's he been in the cup final one time, if I'm not mistaken, that entire time? Yeah, he's won with, one uh, Stanley Cup final game, mm -hmm. and all that time, oh, you know, three, I think. How, what has the dude learned in all that time? And the answer is not enough, apparently. Coach Cassidy, uh, what this is his seventh NHL season now, eighth NHL season behind the bench, if I'm not mistaken. And Cassidy seems to be learning a lot more. It's on display right now. So honestly, if you ask me, maybe maybe Florida fans might not like this. I think Paul Maurice is the pretender here, folks. Maybe not the Panthers. I think it's Paul Maurice. Don't get me wrong. You can't hurt a fool. Those are two.
Pretender songs right there, back to back for you. Uh, but do you one feel of these as days, though, Tony? It's one of these days. Do you feel as though the uh, the nine game layoff uh, yes. did come back to to hurt Florida as much as uh, we went back and forth on that? And game one, they didn't come out and look rusty, but perhaps they just wore down. Uh, perhaps they weren't really well prepared. They just again, it takes a lot of uh, practice and rhythm and all those things, you know, to to play at this time of year. Uh, nine days off is an awful long time. Times like these, times like these, it's a very tough time to have that long of a layoff. And you mentioned, I think me and you, we didn't agree. You love that you, you're, you're loving this, aren't you, right now? <laughs> um, I think we disagreed on Bobrowski. I feel that you made the comments leading up to the final that the nine days off was going to help Bobrowski. I, I said, yeah. And I were hurting. Yeah. I felt that was going to be the one player that might suffer. There's a rhythm. There's, you know, play a game, take a day off. Play a game, take a day off. There's no time to think. And I mean, a goalie's worst enemy or my own worst enemy, which apparently is a fun song now in Vegas Golden Knights games. This is fun. I'm, I'm digging this, folks. I'm digging this. Um, a goalie's worst enemy can be themselves. Once they think too much, once they overthink it, you know, it's like that could be as bad as a Chuck Knobloch yips, sort of speak, you know, when he can't make the throw to first, but it's not that far from it. And Bobrowski is in his own head. The Vegas Golden Knights are in his head. And I'm sure, I'll assure you, Paul Maurice is probably in his head as well because, you know, Paul Maurice isn't going to hold anything back on any one of his players. So, yeah, nine days off is a long time. It's not helping the Florida Panthers. And now they got to wait a couple more days and think about their situation. Where, um, you know, what, what, do you think, what do you think Cassidy's doing right now? What do you think? What, what, it's dark there. It's like, it's, it's, it's already like, like 11 o'clock. So is he, is he partying right now or is no. he uh, putting aloe all over his body because he got a little too much aloe. sun today? Yeah, aloe. I think he got too much, too much sun. Was he in the, was he in the sun uh, ever long? Was it a, was it a cold day in the sun? This is so much fun. This is great. In 19 playoff games, I do want to mention that Colasar, who's become sort of this uh, character, right? Because they've done a lot of features on him. He's uh, fun. I Stanley like him. Cup. He gave me such a good interview. Two goals and three assists uh, so far in the 19 games. And guess what? He's absolutely plus minus of zero. Perfect. Perfect. Only one. He needs to be a plus one. He's leading the team in penalty minutes, too. I, I just looked at that. He's uh, got 48 penalty minutes in the playoffs so far. <laughs> he probably got four misconducts and, and four penalties. <laughs> <laughs> what adjustments uh, can we expect in Thursday's game number three of the Stanley Cup final? And we will get to that when we return right after this. Make a fast break to fan duel during the NBA playoffs because right now NBA customers can get the no bet no sweat first bet uh, up to $1,000. That's $1,000 uh, guaranteed back in bonus bets if your bet does not win. One of the things that we like about FanDuel on this show is that they've got some great promotions that they always have every day. It is very safe and secure, the application, and you do get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book, and you need to visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Don't forget on Fridays, we've got our What the Friday feature. And I'm sure that everyone's going to be spicy uh, this upcoming week. And again, please make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's a lot of fun. And we appreciate all your comments. And we will read your comments periodically. We're not like a lot of those uh, snobbish type of podcasters or whatever the heck we do, Chris. We do reply to just about everyone and anyone. It's like, yeah, we have a good time. Tell me I suck. Tell me why. And I'll tell you you why you suck. It'll be fun. No, your opinions definitely (laughs) do count. Definitely do count. Uh, So when we talk about uh, some of the adjustments uh, coming into game three and in Florida, first you have to start with the Panthers. And again, in the spotlight, Matthew Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky and Kachuk scored his first goal of the series in the third period in game number two. And uh, who knows if he'll be back again. The key here is to stay out of the penalty box and just play the way they did, um, especially like in the the Kane series, uh, which we talked about yesterday, where you get six to eight, you know, penalty minutes in a game. And that's something that's manageable. VGK has gotten much better on the, uh, the PP, by the way. That's a power play, not on going to the restroom. But yeah. uh, listen, this is definitely a call right now for uh, the Florida Panthers. Are they a bunch of pretenders or, you know, stacked actors? Uh-huh, see that. <laughs> or, you know, are they going to are they going to show up and get the leadership that they need? Um, I think it was remarkable on yesterday's show how we talked about they had more penalty minutes in each of the first two games of the cup final than they did in the entire Western Conference final. So that's the first adjustment, just like you said. Eastern, they, Eastern Conference final. Eastern whatever, who cares? Yeah. Um, Eastern, Westerns, you know, whatever. Right, the point right. being is they got to stay out of the box. They have to play their game. And now the Vegas Golden Knights, they almost have choices as to what type of adjustment they want to force. I mean, here's some reverse psychology. If the Florida Panthers are doing their best to avoid not not avoid hits but avoid the after the whistle drama that's where vegas actually turns the tails and does exactly what the panthers were doing for the first two games you drag them right back into that same war that they've had so the counter the 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 counter punch is going to be uh for florida to clean up their act the counter to the counter punch is going to be for vegas to uh you know give it back a little bit and remind you know the panthers that hey you want to you want to calm them down? No, no, no. We're going to keep this going because you know they're not going to back down from a fight. You know they're not going to back down in front of 15,000 fans. Now, the next adjustments that – and this is where I thought Vegas would have a huge advantage. I was talking to my buddy Jason uh, before the series started as well. Florida has to slow down Vegas in the neutral zone. Vegas is one of the best rush teams in the NHL. They've been that way since season one they're one of the fastest teams at getting the puck from breakout to center ice to attacking when you send in that full court press four check vegas has some smart defensemen back there all six of them know when to get rid of that puck yes four is going to cause a turnover every now and then but if vegas survives that first wave it's a five on four four on three all the way up the ice so Edmonton, or excuse me i keep saying edmonton florida needs to you know, they got to, what's the word, disguise. They need, they need to disguise that forecheck a little bit better and decide periodically when to go all out and go for it versus dialing it back. And then if VGK isn't ready for A or B to happen, 
that's when Florida can take advantage and do their best at slowing BGK down through the neutral zone. And Paul Maurice said on Tuesday that he has complete faith as he's going back to Bobrovsky here in game three. Full and complete confidence, Condos. It's my buddy Chris Condos. Full and complete confidence. So his goals against average in this series, Mr. Con Smythe coming into this uh, Stanley Cup final, 5.52 and a point eight two six, I think, uh, save percentage. I got something for that. Keep going. I got something. No, it's just, I mean, he's been awful, and he gives up four goals in back-to-back games and four goals on 13 shots in game number two. Uh, And the one thing about Bruce Cassidy that I really like with the swagger, well, he's not really swaying so much these days. He's kind of. Dude's two inches from the cup. That that cures a lot of problems in a man's life. Are you sure that they're not tying him down to the seat there or whatever? So he I think he's standing up more than sitting down. That might have something to do with it, too. But uh, Cassidy, what he likes to do, one of his trademarks uh, for this team that now has over, what, 32 wins on the season or whatever it is, he likes to quiet the crowd on the road. He likes that. They like to play like the villains. And if VGK can get a goal early, they've had plays where they just take the entire arena out of it in in Edmonton, in Dallas, in game six. I mean, could we see the same thing? Could this happen again in game three? I'm starting to believe that this is something of a challenge for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I would say more of an internal challenge. I think they could be chirping each other in the locker room. Hey, who's going to shut these guys up first? Who's going to be the one tonight? I could see Marchie, uh, you know, standing on a chair, getting the boys' attention. Okay, guys, it's going to be me. Who's going to do it better than me? That type of thing and uh, in a special Marchy way. So uh, one thing I was looking at, on, on spent all day on Twitter today. It's so bad for you. Don't do that. But I uh, spent a lot of time on Twitter going around between my work schedule and all that. And the four goalies, the four primarily goalies, Hellebuck, Skinner, Ottinger, and then Bobrovsky. It's, it's at least three out of four of those goalies are pretty uh, blankety-blank and good. Yeah. And I think they all had well over 90 save, 900 save percentages coming in. Vegas has them all below 800. They are absolutely – the quote I saw on Twitter with the picture, I forgot who put this out there. I, I hate not, uh, not referencing and sourcing when I see this stuff, but Vegas has absolutely shredded four pretty good goalies right now. And it just, you know – I don't know what the answer is for Florida. Like you look at what Vegas is doing right now. And at one point were we really concerned, I mean, the Winnipeg jets in game one, okay, fine. Mark stone needed that game. And everyone said, Mark stone shouldn't be on the ice. Shouldn't be on the ice. Well, he's got better shortly thereafter. Like when were we really concerned as a golden Knights fan, follower, podcaster, whatever you want to call us. I mean, even when Edmonton got two to two, was there a lot of concern in the air? I think the answer was no. Of course, Dallas wins two in a row. That gave us a little bit of anxiety, which is fair. But I think we were pretty confident that uh, Vegas was going to advance and at least have a, a good game six. And there is zero concern right now as far as Vegas not winning the cup. They're minus 600 right now. I saw that earlier. That gave me chills when I looked that up. Minus 600, folks. That means you have to wager $600 just to get 100 bucks back um, in a bet if you want to take Vegas to win the cup. Is it a lock? We're not going to say that yet, but we're in a good spot right now. And, you know, you have to slow got to slow Vegas down in the neutral zone. That's the only way that Florida has a shot this series because you cannot count on Bobrovsky right now to steal a game. He stole a period maybe in the first in, in game one. That's about it, kind of like what Ottinger did. So, I mean, Tony, what kink do you see? 
in Vegas right now that Florida can exploit. I'm having a, an honest got hard time. I mean, I think if Florida could go up two goals, then maybe. How are they going to do this? How are they going to do that? I'm just saying if they can do that, it puts more pressure. One of the things that Florida will have to do if they do want to have any chance of winning it at home in Florida in either of the two games is they're going to have to move their own men out from in front of the net. So they're they're going to have Mm -hmm. to be stronger. That's a great observation. Yeah, they're going to have to push the VGK players out from in front of the net. Because, again, three of those four goals uh, that that they gave up in game number two on Monday night were a result of screens by Florida Panthers in front of their own net. Yeah, but Broski was fine in game two. Just bad luck. Take, bad luck. take he away was his fine. eyes and yeah. shoot high. Shoot high. They've got him scouted so well. I'm really impressed with what they've done, uh, Sean Burke and the entire coaching staff, on the way that they've been able to – uh, put the puck back uh, past uh, Bobrovsky. I don't care if he had nine days off or what have you. He still is that caliber of goalie. He still could come back and have the hot hand, but they're not going to do anything unless they remove uh, players from in, in front of the net so he has a clean look. When he does, when he sees the puck, he sees it really well. He gets the stops. And then Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill, just keep doing what you do defensively, VGK. And uh, the forwards, Again, are blocking. They're blocking shots, not just defensemen, for the Golden Knights. And a lot of the shots are not getting through for the Florida Panthers. I'll tell you right now, whatever Paul Maurice is thinking about doing as far as an adjustment goes, Bruce Cassidy already knows what that adjustment's going to be. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Bruce Cassidy is one, two, three steps ahead of Paul Maurice right now. I'm still not going to go as far as saying Florida's not going to get the next home game or one of the home games. I'll say it right now. I think Florida does possibly get game three just simply because I don't think they're going to get swept. They got to get a game somewhere along the lines here, but that doesn't mean that Paul Maurice is going to do it by out coaching Cassidy. Maybe something will happen on the ice. Maybe Vegas will be a little ahead of themselves, but when the series is over, after we look at the goaltending battle and whoever walks away with the con Smythe and all of the, the main news stories, we're really going to dissect a little bit farther, you know, Paul Maurice versus Cassidy. And outside of the goalie battle, which has not been a battle, not taking anything away from Bobrowski, but the numbers speak for themselves. Aiden Hill doing a much better job in the net, obviously, than Bobrowski is. But the next storyline after, you know, forget Matt Kachuk, forget Jack Eichel, forget everything, of you know, Gudis, all of that. The next storyline is going to be how did Cassidy dissect the Florida Panthers? And I really hope uh, after Cassidy has a few in him, he gets a little relaxed. He gives us a little something on whatever the final, uh, you know, locker cleanout day is after hopefully Vegas lifts the cup. Then you're going to learn a little something more, and and you might even get a little something out of uh, Paul Maurice too, because we know he's uh, he's uh, not going to bite his tongue anywhere along the way in the press uh, in the pressers either. Uh, one final note uh, on today's show: game number one, the television ratings. This is why VGK. And the schedule during the course of the regular oh, season, like gonna, I said, you're going to take it the wrong so, way, though. It's you're absolutely such, it was, rigged. Tony it was such 2. a good 8, show, such a good 2. show. Two point eight million people, fans, tuned into Game this One. This is what my dad means about the, the eye roll right now. Now yeah, I know what you're yeah, saying yeah. that the best ratings in 21 years. What did I tell you? <sighs> I told you, Gary Bettman. This is this franchise is the savior for the National Hockey League. That's why the entire season schedule. Bill Foley mapped it out before the season, and that's why VGK won the division 
And then, of course, they had the easier draw. Uh, you know, in the East, they were all beating up. Just save other. me time to talk. That's of, all I ask. Just save me time to talk. It was really easy, and the schedule was rigged because Vegas brings ratings. Anytime Vegas is on TV, good morning. What you have for breakfast, Mr. Golick? Coffee. Um, so, listen, let's not take anything away from Vegas or Florida. Great human interest stories on both sides. Florida doing the Cinderella thing. Hopefully that's going to come to a crashing halt. Vegas is uh, Vegas is the Howard Stern of the NHL. Uh, in, in the movie Private Parts, this is great. Uh, talking about Howard Stern's ratings. That Wrong PP, stop it. Um, talking about Howard Stern's ratings. Uh, his ratings come in. He's the number one DJ in the world. Why? Is he the number one? Or why do people listen to him for two and a half hours? Answer most commonly given. They want to hear what he's going to say next. What about the people that hate him? They listen for longer than the people that like him. Why? Because people want to hear what he's going to say next. So Vegas is the same thing from the moves, from the fact that we're only in our sixth season, from the swagger, from the pregame show, from the gaudiness and all that. Everyone loves Vegas. It's Vegas. They love Las Vegas. Anything that emanates from here is a ratings winner. But do you tell me, do you think for a second if this was Edmonton, Boston, that the range would not have been better? They would. I'll bet you they would have been a lot better. You think so? I think so. Uh, Edmonton, yeah, first Canadian sure. team in what feels like uh, decades to have a shot at getting the cup. Well, outside of Montreal, I guess not too long well, ago. The, the, but the funny thing, the funny thing was a lot of folks thought that no one wanted to watch this series between Florida. Well, I think and that's absolutely great. I, I do think that's absolutely wonderful that people and then are the watching. Poor ratings it's, like it's a big that, fu to amazing. the people who were talking all that crap. I love yeah, it. For sure. I love it. But Edmonton, Boston would have had better ratings. I will very confidently guesstimate that. Okay. We appreciate everyone tuning in, especially our everydayers. We'll be back again tomorrow. Give me the Undertaker Irol. eye roll right now. Undertaker. <laughs> oh, I'm getting dizzy. Those eye rolls are the best. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. Please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Follow us on Twitter at TD Chris G. That's him. I'm the other guy at Tony Dasco, <laughs> and it's at Lockdown VGK. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.